If you're an entrepreneur, coach, healer, or business owner, and you're feeling the intensity of the space that you hold and the pace that you're on, especially during these chaotic times, and you feel stuck on the more, more, more track, then you'll want to listen into today's episode with my special guest, Christine Arilo, because we're talking about how to reconnect with your feminine wisdom and elevate your leadership, your work, your life, and yourself. Hello, and welcome to the I Am Vibrant podcast. My name is Leah Lund, and I'm a vibrant energy guide, and I coach entrepreneurs, coaches, healers, business owners to tap into a hidden energy reserve so that you can attract an abundance of time, money, and vibrant energy in your business and in your life. And in this episode, I have a really special guest with me today, and I'm going to introduce her in just a minute. And she'll be talking about how to stay devoted to your mission, to leading others, to living your best life, and succeeding in your business, even in intense times. Before I jump into today's show and introduce Christina Rilo, I want to remind all of you that this episode is part of our Vibrant Energy Challenge and to fully participate because when you do, you'll receive a free copy of our Vibrant Energy Challenge workbook and a special audio training called Shifting Gears, How to Juggle Multiple Priorities Without Burning Your Candle at Both Ends. And that is not part of the podcast, so you'll be want to be sure to jump into our I Am Vibrant Global Collective on Facebook for access to that. So today, I want to introduce you to Christina Rilo. First of all, Christine, hello and welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, everyone. I'm so excited to see what's going to come out of our conversation today. Thank you. Yes, I know. I, I love just having these very organic conversations. And I'll share with our listeners that you were a part of a spiritual wealth creation retreat that I hosted last year. And it was in partnership with a couple other people. And I wasn't the one to interview then. So I guess I've had FOMO ever since. <laughs> so I had to, <laughs> I had to make sure that I brought you on uh, to I am vibrant. <laughs> well, so, it's good to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So for everybody listening in, Christine is a transformational leadership advisor, a social impact entrepreneur, a four-time best-selling author and a speaker working with women to make shift happen in the lives you lead, in the work you do, and in the world that you live in. And Christine, I know that over 35,000 people on six continents, I'll say that again, 35,000 people on six continents have participated in your transformational programs. Um, and we'll get into that and, and, um, what you're, you know, a lot of things that you're doing right now, but I'd love to start on a little bit more personal level and just hear your journey. What led you to be doing the powerful transformational work that you do today? Well, let's see what pivot point I want to start with. Um, is it the pivot point of at the age of 30 when I um, had followed all the traditional things I was supposed to do to be successful, which included going to college and I was getting my MBA at the time and I had the big house and I had the fiance, I had all the things, I checked all the marks. Um, and at the age of 30, I had a big wake up call from the universe, which I'm sure many people that are listening have had a similar wake up call that kind of kicked me um, out of my life and made me really see that I had been following a very 
I wouldn't have thought it was traditional because I've always been a pretty unconventional person who's followed her own path, but I had unknowingly been just living into the external version of success that I had really imprinted in my own self and my own heart of just like, if I do these things, then I will be happy. Then I will be successful. And I think the universe, of course, it did had other plans for me. We're like, oh, no, no, no. You're not just going to go get your MBA and just follow this traditional track. So it was the ending of my engagement that was, and I wasn't the one doing the ending. That was my big wake up call. Mm. And what I, what I, where that brought me to was this realization, because I asked myself, well, how did a smart woman like me end up here, not expecting this big two by four in my life? And the answer was, well, Christine, you have a lot of self-esteem and a lot of self-confidence, but your lack of self-love and your lack of really being connected to your heart and soul has almost caused you to create a life that, that wasn't really yours. Like you would have created a life that didn't match your heart and soul. And I'm like, my heart and soul, like, how do you communicate with your heart and soul? <laughs> what does that even look like? And that, that sent me on my journey, which is now 20 years later. And we were just talking beforehand and our, and our, our talk of like, I feel really grateful that I've had a long runway, 20 year runway to wake up, to strengthen my nervous system, to learn all the things I didn't know were even real, but actually are a lot more real than what I thought was reality. And you can kind of fast forward um, to graduating from MBA school. And that was my chance to go pursue my dream of working in fashion and living in California. And so while all of my compatriots were taking big consulting jobs and working for big companies selling God knows what from cheese to socks, I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go for my dream. And so I did. It was one of the most first of my many courageous leaps without quote unquote, that safety net. I had some money in the bank, but mostly I was like, I'm going to go to California, no job. What's the worst thing that happens? <laughs> it's like, I will, I will get, I'll, I'll get a job, you know? So um, I got to, I actually met my dream of, of working at the gap and I got the job from my hairdresser, which is a whole other story about <laughs> how it's not about how much you do or how hard you work, but how the things come to you if you're in alignment. And so I did that job for about four years. And I remember the moment, and this is my, the moment that I was sitting in this, what's called an all hands on deck moment, where it's this big room with, you know, all the employees in it. And they're talking about how good our company is, and how much we've done. And we stopped sweat factories and we have 150,000 employees who all have part-time benefits. And the CFO gets up and he said, but our earnings per share or our same store retail sales this year are down from last year. In other words, the company didn't grow its, its profit margin. And so Wall Street decided that they're going to ding us with one, a penny less of our earnings per share. That means stockholders basically get one penny less, one penny for every share they own. So no one's getting bonuses. And now we have to figure out how to be a $20 billion company. And we're going to start selling all these other things. And I'm just like, what is going on around here? Like, it's like, it's like we have to make more, like it's not enough just to be a good company and maintain a $15 billion, give good health care. Like something is wrong. There's, and that's the moment I saw what I call like the more, 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 more culture. And it was the first mm -hmm. time I really saw it. And I spent the next year asking all these thought leaders where, why is this? This is 2006 and no one could answer me. And so I said, you know what, then I'm not playing this game because I don't want to be part of that machine. And I really had a calling in my heart to go out and be an author and to work with women and girls. So I became an entrepreneur because 
that's better, right? I'll be free. Well, yes and no. So what I didn't know was six months. So six months in, this will be my last pivot story. I am sitting in my office and I had my first of what I call superwoman sob. And this is the moment, maybe, maybe you've had one of these where the pressure is too much and you just find yourself in a spontaneous tears just going and going. And I'm in, I'm in my room. I have all my vision boards are up there. You know, it has my dollar amounts I want to make. It has Oprah, my vision board. I have all my spreadsheets and my business plan, but no matter how hard I was working, no matter how much I was doing, there was never enough. There was always more, more money that needed to be made, more things that needed to be created. It was, and I was like, oh my God, that more, more, more Pac-Man giant monster beast is inside of me. And this isn't working. And after the, and after those sobs happen, if you're wise, what you'll do is you'll stop and you'll listen. And that's when your inner wisdom and that deeper divine guidance speaks. And the voice said this to me, they said, it said, Christine, if you keep working this way, you're going to get sick. If you keep driving this way towards this mission, you're not going to be successful. You need the feminine. And as soon as I heard those words, you need the feminine, I was like, uh, ding, ding, ding. Yes, I do. And I don't even know what that is. I have no idea what you're, <laughs> what you're talking about. And um, of course, you know, when the student's ready, the teacher appear, appears and mine did. And, you know, now here we are 14, almost 15 years later. And that's my work in the world is, 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 is bringing the feminine back into come into a different way of living and working and succeeding. That really is in balance and also really values what the feminine actually is. Amazing. Um, I am, I am both, it's such an inspiring story. And, and I also am always in awe of the synchronicities of things because something you and I have not talked about is the fact that my previous career was decades in the retail industry. No. <laughs> so, and I was um, in, in the corporate level of things and in training and, and operations and sales management. And, um, I had my, my moment too, <laughs> of the more, 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 is it never enough? And, and even that daily report card, I would call it, you know, you were either a superstar or afraid for your job. <laughs> and it just sort of went up and down and up and down. And what I heard from what you said is, uh, is similar to how I feel, which is when I look back, I, I, when I started to be an entrepreneur, I, I brought the habits with me. So mm -hmm. I, so I, there was another level of threshold. So for those of you who maybe have already started your business and you're still feeling like you're that, that mouse in the wheel, just running, running, running on the treadmill, trying to keep up, um, that happens. <laughs> so go easy on yourself. Cause that does happen. Um, and I also, knowing what I know now, I do think I could have even gone back in that, in that industry and in that career and done it differently. I don't choose to, <laughs> but, but I think it would be possible because of some shifts that have taken place. So, and it sounds like for you, the big piece was tapping into the, the feminine um, way to be in business. So tell us about that. When you say feminine, what does that really mean? Mm -hmm. It's such a good question because it doesn't feel so esoteric. It's like, I don't even know. I didn't know what it meant either. And that actually is my superpower is taking 
deep esoteric wisdom and translating it into practical application. So the, the best way I can describe it is if you visualize a infinity sign kind of on its side, and I'll show you, I actually have a necklace. I'll show it to you so you can see it. I know you all can't see it, but I have this necklace that I wear. And so if you envision, if, so if you envision the, the infinity sign, it can even make it with your fingers where you have, you know, a side on the left, a side on the right, and you have a center point. This is called a harmonizer. And you think about on one side is what we would call feminine power or feminine energy. And on the other side is masculine power or masculine energy. And what is true for most of us is we have, if you are like, so I was really, I'm, I'm, I was on the MBA track. So I was like very, very schooled in the business masculine way of working, but it's a very distorted way of working. So that we often call the masculine, oh, that's so masculine. And so this, it's that it's actually distortion. And then some of us have been more, more, more really, especially if you've grown up in a family where you have a lot of um, people around you who sacrificed themselves and overgave, you kind of, you pick up the distorted feminine. So when you, when you, what, what, if you, I'll give you a really practical example. So and I call this a power spectrum. So when I'm teaching feminine leadership, I'm really teaching women who have either been over indoctrinated in the masculine, how to kind of build up a camp over here in the feminine. <laughs> and then you want to be able to stand in the center so that you can access both. But when you've been highly, you know, imprinted in one or the other, you have to go spend some time in the other. And then what I find is those distortions, whether they're masculine or feminine, they start to come in and then you start to operate from a more harmonized place where you have access to both. Kind of like a kayak. This is like the best metaphor I have. If you're in a kayak, you have two paddles. And so sometimes you got to lean harder on the right and sometimes you got to lean harder on the left, but most of the time you're paddling with both. So an example of what power spectrum would be the feminine is intuition. That was on the left paddle. And then the right is intellect. And the two intuition and intellect together, when you have those two in harmony, it gives you access to an elevated perspective, what I call elevated leadership. And that gives you access to wisdom that gives you access to wisdom to really create in a, what I call aligned action. But if you're distorted, if you're too over here on the right in the intellect, it's everything is really logical. It's really rational. It, it, I call it poo-poos and woo-woos, anything that isn't <laughs> you know, measurable. And I know like when I, I do a lot of consulting and leadership work for women who still are working in the system, especially I find this in tech companies and they've been so like almost, I want to say pummeled with everything has to be proven. And if it's not proven and you don't have a study to back it up, this happens in, with women who work in science and medicine and as well. If you can't prove it, you can't back it up with a study, it's not real. So they start to discount their intuition. I mean, they use it all the time, but they don't speak about it. They don't talk about it, which creates the self-doubt, which creates all of the things of them not trusting that deeper intuition because we're so over-focused in the intellect. And then like the women I work with that are more in the spiritual, they are conscious. They can get too over here. And like in the distorted intuition is like it's ungrounded reality. My, my partner, Noah, he does a lot of consulting work with women business owners, help them understand their numbers and make good decisions. So we'll get these really creative work with these really creative women who don't want to talk about the numbers. And he's like, no, no, really? Like your business actually has to make more money or it's not really a business or here's your leaks. And they're like, la, la, la. I don't want to talk about that. You know, they don't want to look at the numbers, right? So that's where it gets 
that gets distorted. And so it's good to note, and this is part of the reason we end up in burnout and overwhelm and not vitality, is we're out of balance in our, in our own value system in these and even how we work, how we work with them. So it's good to know where you fall. And then I don't even know how to create a life that's in alignment if you don't have access to that intuition and really understand how it works. And then all the work that you're doing to really, we have to be clear, clear instruments, you know, really tuned up because it's really easy for your intuition to tell you what you think it should say versus what it actually is saying. And so I'll just pause there because I could, you know, yeah. wax, I could wax on, but I want to hear what you <laughs> have to say and where you want to go. Well, I, I'm just, I really want to repeat what you just said um, because it, this is all so great. And this is uh, a light bulb moment of don't even know, you wouldn't even know how, you don't know how somebody would know how to create a life of alignment if they're not first able to tap into this wisdom. So for someone maybe feeling overwhelmed right now, maybe has made the, the transition in their career or, or maybe not, is even thinking about them trans, transition and knowing that it's in their heart, but just it all seems like too much or there's no place to start. Do you have a, a first step to, to mm -hmm. finding and hearing that intuition and that, that feminine wisdom? Yes. Um... So I have pri two primary spiritual mentors and teachers who have been, uh, that I've worked with, well, you know, for the last 20, 20 years, and I've been grateful to have them. And so funny, they don't know each other. And one has been, I call her my divine feminine Yoda. She really is. Like, they're both in their eighties. So they're like, just these beautiful, they didn't have to deal with social media growing up. Right. So they like, they just, they just have like a purity about, they didn't have to deal with all the technology that we have to deal with. So I just feel like they're these wise old, you know, women and, and, and then my other, my other teacher um, was in the, was in the world of indigenous wisdom. And so a lot of earth wisdom and how the earth works naturally. And that's a big part of what really helped me get out of overwhelm and burnout was actually aligning my, everything from my business planning to how I run my business with the natural cycles. But they both told me the same thing when they first met me and they still tell me, no, maybe not as much, which is this, Arilo, slow down. Arilo, slow down. <laughs> slow down which which why i'm starting there is because and i don't mean that to sound pedantic or like simple but it but this is the thing about wisdom wisdom really is simple and we think we need to have these elaborate 25 step hootie wooties to basically <laughs> do x y or z but but in order to actually hear your deeper wisdom you actually have to work at a slower frequency because the Brilliant. mind, the mental mind, it moves very fast. You'll, it, it just, it, and you can feel it. Like we were just actually speaking, we were speaking at a, at a, at a faster clip, at a faster pace. And it, and it's good. We, like intellect is good, you know, it gets things stirred up, but to, to, to drop in to what's true for you and to that deeper feminine wisdom, which actually lives in your belly lives in your gut, you know, it lives like not up here in your brain. It lives in like your torso, your root, your heart. Mm -hmm. And science is finally starting to prove this, that the, that, the, that the frequency of heart wisdom, the frequency of embodied wisdom is slower. 
And so it's like um, running a marathon. You don't decide to train for the marathon the day before you're going to run 26. Is it 26.5 miles? I think a marathon because you die. <laughs> it would be awful. <laughs> Maybe not really die, but I don't know. Maybe it would be, it would be awful. Um, you start training well in advance. Mm-hmm. And so the same thing of making decisions, whether they're day-to-day choices or they're big life choices, or even like you've been saying, how do you approach if you decide you're going to, to move out of a, being an employee to being an entrepreneur? That doesn't happen overnight. You know, what I see women make the biggest mistakes, they try to move too fast and they put too much pressure on themselves and they, what I call cut down their tree, their, their, their income source. And then there's nothing holding their foundation. So this piece of slowing down and as a practice, why we have a morning practice in which we don't just jump out of bed. We actually, you know, rise slowly and give ourselves space or why at night we do what I call downshifting to slow it down. Why I've had a Saturday Sabbath practice, which means no working, no technology, except for texting friends on Saturdays for now over five years, usually without missing it. Cause I need that slowdown at the end of a week. It's why I take power pauses at the equinoxes and the solstices to actually stop and reflect and look at my business, look at my life, what's in alignment, what's out of alignment, what's needed. Those are all ways of actually working with your wisdom and working with that deeper intuition. Um, And I'll pause there. Well, that is, that is brilliant. And as soon as you started that conversation, what you shared there, you slowed your pace you know, intentionally or, or instinctually, however it happened, you slowed your pace of speaking. Cause you're right. We were having a, a li- going along at a little faster clip. And the minute you slowed, my breath deepened. The minute you slowed <laughs> my breath deepened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't agree more. That's all. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. Like that is absolutely where I hear wisdom, where I hear intuition, where downloads come in, where ideas pop out. And maybe you could share a little bit, and then I, I have a final question, but um, about that, in, in about slowing down and our nervous system, because you, yeah. you referred to that earlier. earlier. Absolutely. Um, the, other, the other tradition that, I, that I've gone really deep in is yogic wisdom. And I knew like I had the spiritual stuff with the divine feminine and I had the, you know, the emotional stuff with all of that. And I had the indigenous wisdom, but I knew I needed the physical component. And when I started, I'm so I'm trained in Kundalini yoga. And when I started that, you know, I had done Ashtanga and Hatha for a long time, but when I, I started Kundalini training, I really got how much the nervous system plays a part in our everyday life and how few people have any idea what that actually means. And this is why in my, and overwhelmed and over it, when I wrote this, the book, there's a whole section that's about the nerve. Like there's like, it talks about the nervous system and our magnetic field and like everything that you teach about energy and frequency. And we're all like, well, I'll be mindful. And if I just do my little app and I meditate for nine minutes a day. And it's like, yes, but we live in really intense times right now. And so if you're not strengthening your, your nervous system and the yogis predicted this yogis predicted this. I mean, maybe thousands of years ago, but way before technology and, you know, blackberries and all of that. And they said, basically humankind is going to come to a time when the information is so much 
And the pace is so fast that their nervous systems aren't going to be able to handle it. And they're going to freak out. And so all of these disorders, the anxiety, the, the, you know, the hormone imbalances, the, you know, eight-year-olds who are coming home to their mothers and asking to go on anti-anxiety medicine and depress, like all of these really diseases, dis-ease, are diseases of the nervous system. Because who teaches you how to strengthen your nervous system? Well, yogic wisdom. <laughs> I mean, there literally are practices. I mean, every morning, and I don't sit on my cushion for an hour. I have very specific practices that I might do for three minutes, for a minute that might, you know, using breath and using posture, using scent, using different things. And they're simple. But if I do them every day, plus I, a big piece I think is what happens is our, what's called your allostatic load, which is the amount of stress that you carry in your body. It becomes, it's like a garbage truck that keeps just taking on stress. So you're like, we're like these garbage trucks, which of course I know is not the most beautiful analogy, but it's the best one I have of like, we just keep taking on more stress. So that could be information, other people's stress, other people's energy, um, our own stress, whatever that might be. And if you're not releasing that stress daily, which is why we like do the downshifting practice, why we, why we run, why we walk, why we might swim or like a a Saturday reset practice. And by consciously releasing my stress, what the yogis teach is kind of like not taking a shower for a couple of days. And then what's going to happen is your subconscious is going to stink. And then you're going to start getting the nutty thoughts and the self-doubt and the, you know, all of that. And, and so this like learning to release stress, not manage it, that's the old imprint, manage stress. And I'm always like, Mm -hmm. why would you want to manage something you don't even want? (laughs) Just think about it. I love that. (laughs) Yes. I love how you said that. So true. Why would you want to manage something you don't even want? Release release, that release, release yeah. it. And then know, and what I really inviting women to do is be honest about how you and men to all of us, how do you release stress in ways that are actually draining you right now? Just kind of think about that. Cause we all do it. We do it at night, no matter what. So some people have what I call the wind down, which is like, you know, you use, you use wine or some kind of, you know, mm-hmm. something to depress the nervous system, or you have the numb out where you're watching you know, four episodes of Netflix, um, or you have the, um, the, what I call the, um, the second shift where you start to wind down and at seven o'clock you start working again. And that's another one. Um, so there's, there's, a, there's many of them. And I, I was wanting everyone to be honest about them. I have them. I'm, I'm a, like, mine is the wind down because my body likes to use sugar to decompress. And so I feel like there's this, this misnomer that causes us to have a lot of self-criticism that we think, oh, I should be better than this. Well, maybe, I don't know. I haven't, I don't, I don't, that's not my, I feel like if you can name your five self-sabotaging habits that drain you and know them that in the times when stress or distress hits, you'll notice them. They're like little, they're like, Hey, you, Hey, you, Hey, you, you just ate brownies again today. And Hey, you, you ate brownies yesterday. And Oh, Hey, is that your third glass of wine? Like, that's what like, you know, it's like, it's just like, Oh, something's off here. And then it gives you the permission to get curious instead of critical. And so for me, I'll go into my heart and I'll say, what's going on, Christine? What are you not receiving? What are you not getting? What's happening? And then I can have that dialogue with my heart that says, my God, 
for me, I don't get physical burnout anymore. I get what's called passion burnout. So there's 10 different Mm -hmm. kinds of burnout. Passion burnout is you love what you do so much, but all you're doing is working and giving, you're not receiving. So when I'm over consuming sugar, it's because I'm not receiving the sweetness of life. Now I can do something about that. And so that is my invitation to everybody is to just notice what your self-sabotaging habits are, and then don't judge yourself about them. Get curious about them when they show up and ask that question, what do I need that I'm not receiving? And then you replace that self. Cause like for me, what I need is I need a way to, I need a way to wind down where I feel like I'm getting something that's nourishing for me. So I, you have to, when you release a self-sabotaging habit, you have to replace it with something else. So I, um, so I have what I call fairy cocktails at night. Um, and they basically consist of pomegranate juice, bubbly water, a lime in a nice glass, in a, in a, in a fancy glass, in the fancy glasses. And then my husband and I sit down and we connect with each other as a ritual to actually slow everything down. Fantastic. You know, you, um, I love all those suggestions and and you really answered the other question that was kind of around in my head is about these intense times and, you know, advice for staying centered and, and grounded in a more, in a chaotic world. And I feel like you've answered it because you, you really spoke to, this was predicted. This was prophecy. Nothing has gone wrong that's happening in the world right now. And then you just gave, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, you know, ways to calm our nervous system and slow down and stay with our own, our own internal wisdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just knowing that this is part of it, right? You you take a shower to keep clean. So this is just, oh, to keep my subconscious clean, to keep my instrument tuned to a high level of frequency, to keep my heart calm. This is just what I need to do. And it's not optional. And it's not like, it's like suffering. And I was asking to, you know, practice the piano for eight hours a day. It's like, you can do it in ways that are joyful. Yeah. Joyful is the name of the game. Yes. (laughs) And not, not optional, but also not, um, not a weakness, not something has not gone wrong. Something is not wrong with you that you need these things. This is part of our design and this is nourishing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And strengthening your nervous system. And strengthening nervous system. Oh, this has been fantastic. So I want to let everyone know, first of all, and I'll drop this in our show notes, but you can find Christine at ChristinaRilo.com. That's Christine with a C and last name A-R-Y-L-O.com. Um, Christine also has the Feminine Power Podcast, and you can find that at that web address, FemininePowerPodcast.com. And both those will be in show notes. And then you have a gift for everyone, the Daily Flow Morning Practice Kit. Uh, Maybe you can say a a word or two about what that is, and we'll make sure also to put that site. Yeah, I think for me, if someone was asking my top three practices for staying out of overwhelm and burnout and staying clear, calm and centered, it would be how you start your day and how you end your day. It's called the daily bookend. And so that daily flow morning practice is a way to to think of like, it's a recipe for how to do the first hour of your day. So it's not about having to do a specific thing or meditate for a specific time, but it's like, it's what I call the four points of protection and the three or the three points of protection and the four points of connection. And if you just hit all of those, 
you will start your day harmonized and be way more protected in the, from taking on the world stuff. So it has a video in it. It has a small booklet in it. And that's my gift to all of you. So if our, if we can stay harmonized on the inside, then, and that is the wisdom teaching that there's just enough humans that know they want to create a better world that are here to create a better world to keep what, as we go through this great transitional, I call it the catalytic, you know, the, the great catalyst. If we can stay harmonized, then the people around us in our families, our clients, they'll stay harmonized. But if we're not harmonized, the people around us can't be harmonized. And it really is part of our work if we want to create a better world at this time to do that. Um, Thich Nhat Hanh once said, um, he talked about when they were leaving as refugees in the boats, his great teaching around how if one person in that boat could stay calm, then you can imagine people leaving their homeland, not knowing where they were going, the amount of fear that would be running through someone. If one person could remain calm, the entire boat would calm. And I feel like that's some of the most important work we do that people will probably never see. Um, but I think that's, you can't make, you can't, can't do, can't do our work in the world if we're not harmonized on the inside. What a place to close. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Can't do our work in the world unless we're harmonized on the inside. Christine, I want to thank you so much for first the work you do, um, but especially for being here and, and for sharing with our listeners and just for all that you put out into the world. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. Mm, well, thank you for inviting me to the special series. I love the, the name of the title and the word vibrant. I think it's such a such a, it's a good harmonizing word um, to, to harmonize. So thank you for your yeah. work in the world and just much love to everyone out there and know that you're not alone. We're all, if we all harmonize, we'll be like this one great symphony and orchestra playing together. And I know for me, I always feel better when I get to have a conversation like this. Helps my heart stay harmonized. Mine too. Mine too. Thank you so much. And before I go, I just want to remind everyone that if you have been taking a look at The Vibrant Woman, uh, we are about to the end. We have 24 hours left in our fast action bonus. If you are on the fence in deciding if you're potentially going to join us for The Vibrant Woman and you'd like to talk to me about it, you can book time with me and the link will be in the show notes. It's a bit bitly link. So bit.ly forward slash VW Clarity Call. And I look forward to speaking with you about that. It has been absolutely just a pleasure. And um, thank you again, Christine. And for everyone listening, I'll be with you on the next episode.